I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 172 for the weekend starting 31 March 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, the Samsung Galaxy S8 unveiled. Also this week, C wants to cut termination rates to zero. Telcom may spin off tower assets. MTN chairman paid 72 million rand. And Naspers, yes, Naspers now owns a stake in Tesla. Oh, exciting. Time to turn the key on another podcast. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Duncan? So, um, should we be saying uh, good morning this morning or good or just morning after what happened? Uh, uh, yeah, um, morning is probably a better word. Uh, after what happened uh, in politics uh, last night. I don't know, say, I haven't, haven't had much sleep. I... Uh, Set up until about 3 a.m. Uh, watching the statements and reaction to it, um, and uh, all rather depressing. Of course, the finance minister fired, his deputy fired. Did you manage to watch the press conference with the two of them? I did. Know? I did watch the press conference this afternoon. I've been following it uh, intently. Yeah, it's it's like watching a disaster movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope some good comes out of this. Uh, you know, the Rand has come under incredible pressure. No one, no doubt, will come under more pressure in the in the days and weeks ahead. Malusi Gigaba, uh, who has no experience uh, in finance, is now our finance minister, um, and uh, two very hardworking politicians in the form of Pravin Gordon and uh, BC Jonas have have been fired. Um, dismissed uh, by by a president who is uh, desperate to engineer his own future mm. uh, and um, as many commentators have said get the keys to the treasury in as people have suggested uh, in order to um, continue feeding at the trough and uh, and uh, funding his friends yeah this is certainly not a good a move that's good for the country i mean in no way that in, you, you can cut this any which way you want. There's, there's no good that'll come out of this for the benefit of the people. No, um, this was done in, the, in the interests of Jacob Zuma and not in the interests of the electorate. Yeah, there's exactly. no doubt about that. Exactly. What, what's really interesting now is what happens next. Does the split the ANC um, when the inevitable no, motion of no confidence vote happens in Parliament, which may be as soon as next week? Do some ANC MPs now finally? break away and mm. vote with the opposition uh, or do they abstain which would help the opposition in securing the number Vote of required, votes they yeah. require to impeach the president um, it's, it's a very interesting time I mean Pravin Gordon was was asked in the press conference this afternoon whether he would vote um, or how he would vote uh, in the emotion of no confidence in parliament mm. and his, I thought his answer was interesting he said um, I will vote with my conscience I think that's a message to, to his fellow ANC members that they need to be voting with their conscience here. This isn't about the party tying the party line. This yeah. is about this is way more way way bigger than ANC. History will judge them harshly if they do toe the party line on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've seen Cyril Ramaphosa, the deputy president, coming out with some quite strong words this afternoon as well, saying that uh, he does not agree with this, that it was wrong to fire uh, Jonas and and uh, and Gordon. Mm. But he said he's not going to step down as the deputy president. I don't know if that's the right move or not. Um, maybe it's better that he's there because it means that Closer Zuma, to Zuma, to Zuma can't inst install some lunatic in the deputy presidency. Mm, mm. Um, so at least there's some semblance of, of you know, someone near the presidency who um, might be able to keep a, a, a check on things. Oh. Um but it's Cyril's moment to shine now. I mean, what he does over the coming days will determine his future. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's also going to have to step up. I mean, if... He has to step if up. If that now. vote of no confidence does come through... Um, he, he has to vote. To take, yeah, he needs yeah. to... But he also needs to then uh, step yeah. in and uh, do what he needs to do. And some serious... I mean, the, the ANC leaders need to make some serious decisions. And, and we're talking about people like Ramaphosa, like... Um, Derek Hanakom, who was fired, who who stood up bravely in the NEC uh, those yeah. couple of months ago to speak out against Zuma. That's um, an interesting point. A lot of these people, that are, or a lot of the the ministers that have been moved, mm. uh, 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 were standing up against. Oh Zuma no, of course. They, so, they, I mean, they were. They, this, day, yeah, right? no. I mean, he was expunging them. This was a, this was a, um, you know, this was getting rid of his enemies. Mm. Um, this is about installing the people that um, will look after Zuma. 
uh, and um, Zuma's projects, which are about you know fr um, looking after his friends, the Guptas. Um, this is about a nuclear deal, uh, which South Africa can't afford, supposedly, allegedly. I mean, I'm no expert in nuclear, but mm. the opinions I've read suggested that going nuclear is the wrong approach. Um, you know, it's about it's about centralizing his power within the organization. Now, the first test is going to be this uh, this vote of no confidence in Parliament, which is, is likely to happen next week. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the, the chief whip uh, in Parliament is is no fan of of, uh, of Jacob Zuma, Jackson and Tembo. Uh, there's going to be some serious discussion amongst these political leaders about how they vote next week. And um, as I understand it, all you need is 50 MPs from the ANC side either to abstain or to vote against Zuma. And he's facing impeachment. Uh, so they have the power in their hands. So, you know, they can they have the power to change South Africa for the better. Um, if they vote like sheep uh, in defending uh, the president, then history will judge them harshly. But we're in a we're in a we're, we're facing a very real crisis here. I haven't felt this scared about the future of South Africa since Chris Harney was assassinated. Uh I think that we are on the verge of heading towards um, a failed state if we continue if we continue to allow this president to run roughshod over our democracy. We're in a very dangerous, serious situation right now, um, and one one hopes that um, I mean the voice. There's more and more voices speaking out. Uh, I mean, we've, it started with people like Sipo Putiana, uh, Zuelan Zimavavi, um, but there's a growing chorus. I mean, you, we, we saw what um, Jonas said today during the press conference. He said that this is a crucial moment in South Africa's history and that we need to make the right decisions. Uh, and I think more and more South Africans are standing up. Politicians, ANC politicians are standing up. Derek Honecker made yeah. a stand. Um, and, and one hopes that... Uh, that um, sense prevails and that, yeah. they, that these politicians don't um that they do vote with their conscience and they don't just toe the party line um, hopefully this will bring bring parliament i think yes slightly closer together or bring us all close together you know and our, and our common goal to to look out for the good of the for the country yeah you know? i've got no doubt that um that uh, um, things are going to snowball quite quickly over the coming days and weeks i think that there's I mean, everyone you talk to, there's a palpable anger now about the, this president. He's not, he's he's universally disliked, mm, fairly mm, universally, mm. I should say. I mean, there are obviously pockets like the Guptus who love him <laughs> um, and, and certain politicians who love him. But, um, you know, you talk to an ordinary South African, Zuma is d detested. Yeah, um, yeah. That has to result in something uh, at the end of the day. I mean, we are still a constitutional democracy. Well, exactly. And how, how long can somebody pull the mickey how long can they do it? You know, yeah. without sanity prevail. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's. I'm hope. I, I I am hopeful as an ordinary South African that there's going to be some sort of snowball after this. Um, mm. That that we have a million man march to Pretoria. That uh, that ordinary South Africans rise up and and you know that we don't just sit on Twitter complaining about this. That we. Yeah. Um, actually get out into the streets and um, and protest mm. uh, because I think the time has come for ordinary South Africans to uh, yeah, we actually need to, to send a message to this government that exactly. uh, that um, you know it, it can't ride roughshod over us yeah anyway there's uh, lots of tech we go, well, let's, yeah, we'll go march tech. and take the take the podcast uh, mics with there's us there's plenty of <laughs> indeed <laughs> there's plenty of tech news to talk about so much more interesting things than politics much more exciting things than politics um, and uh so let's uh, let's get this tech podcast on 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 the go. But uh, let's, uh, as always, start with our quiz. Rechot, do you want to kick off with the first sure. question? So uh, Salsi this week, first question. Salsi this week proposed uh, cutting mobile termination rates to what price per minute? And our second question: Nuspers affiliate Tencent has acquired a what percentage stake in Elon Musk's Tesla? Oh, exciting too. Third question, Samsung's new Galaxy S8 comes in two screen sizes. How big are they? And for a bonus point, how much will they cost in South Africa? And we're looking for a recommended retail price here. 
Uh, fourth question for Faith Mutambi was this week moved to the Public Service and Administration Ministry. Who has taken over her portfolio at Communications? And the final question, Carmaker Ford has hired 400 workers from which technology company? Interesting on that as well. Very. So let's get uh, let's get started with the show. Um, uh, Rechard, before we talk about the Samsung S8, we now went to the launch uh, in here in Johannesburg uh, this week, and uh, it's an exciting phone, I must say. But before we get there, uh, we've um, we really are ramping up our uh, Tech Central uh, interviews. Um, we started I started calling it the Tech Central podcast, but I'm actually just calling the podcast Tech Central now. And um, they're interviews with CEOs and other interesting people in the technology industry. And uh, uh, we've, um, if you don't know about the podcast yet, please do grab it. If you go into your favorite podcatcher, uh, Pocket Casts, or, or whatever you fa- your favorite pod- pod- podcatcher is, iTunes, etc., just search for Tech Central. You'll find this podcast, Talk Central, and you'll find the Tech Central podcast there as well. Uh, and subscribe to it. It's uh, we're doing some some really cool interviews now. Actually, Very cool. uh, this week we today, in fact, this morning I went to Celsius head office here in Johannesburg, and had a, a detailed hour and a half long conversation with Jose dos Santos, Celsius CEO, uh, about the state of the industry, about the ICT policy white paper. He's broadly supportive of the wholesale open access uh, network, uh, so he takes a bit of a different view from uh, MTN and Vodacom. Um, but we, we had a very general sort of discussion about uh, Cell C, its place in the industry, its recapitalization, uh, how to drive down broadband prices. Um, it's a, It was a really, really interesting discussion. So um, go have a listen to that. You can either find it on Tech Central and stream it directly from the webpage, or better yet, subscribe to our podcast uh, through your favorite podcatcher. And also earlier this week, I had a chat with Dominic White, who's Chief Technology Officer at SensePost. That was a great interview. Thanks, yeah, no, that, that was, um He's, a, would say, the leading expert in South Africa on infosec, oh, yeah. oh, info, yeah. info security issues. And we had a broad uh, discussion just about how to secure yourself online personally. Um, I think um, once we often we talk about cybersecurity in the context of corporates and and uh, um, through the sort of lens of of of, um, of what what's happening in the corporate arena. Uh, and too often we forget um, that uh, you know people use these solutions too, and uh, people use the internet, and mm. a lot of people actually. Even tech-savvy users, and I count myself among them, don't don't know fully how to uh, to secure yourself online. I mean, should you actually be using a VPN, for example, when you connect to a public Wi-Fi hotspot? Yeah, and sure. Dominic uh, spoke in quite some detail about that. Um, I found that part of the discussion really fascinating. Um, you know, should you actually be using a um, a password manager? Mm. Is it a central point of failure? Can someone hack your password manager and then have access to all of your accounts? Because in it's one go, yeah. And um, in, in short, he said, yes, you should be using a password manager. But he goes into some detail about why and what the insecurities mm-hmm. potentially of that are. So really interesting discussion we had with Tom, Dominic White. And we've got tons of really interesting interviews lined up for that uh, Tech Central uh, podcast series. Um, doing a lot of interviews on cybersecurity at the moment. Uh, more of those coming up, but also interviews with uh, some CEOs will be uh, We'll be chatting um, next week to um, Tetonyati, who has just taken over as the new CEO of Ultron. Of course, he was the former MTN South Africa CEO, so I'm looking forward to that conversation. But uh, lots of other great interviews lined up. So uh, if you're missing out, if you're not already subscribed to that uh, to that feed, as I said, uh, just go into your favorite podcatcher and search Tech Central, and you'll find it there. So, Samsung Galaxy S. Did you manage to watch the keynote? I didn't watch the keynote, but I read up uh, on it and I kind of followed it off to the fact. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, that's a very exciting, very exciting product. It looks very cool. I, I uh, We went to the launch, which happened at uh, uh, in Johannesburg, at Shine Studios in Bramfontein, and um, they live streamed the, the event from New York. Um, yes. And on a big screen at at Shine Studios, and then afterwards, uh, they um, it was all quite dramatic. They lowered this uh, white curtain that was on one side of the room, and there were tables there set up with uh, all the Samsungs to play with, all the S8s to play with, the, nice. the S8 and the S8 Plus, plus all the accessories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, I have to say, I am very impressed with this phone. Um, once you get it in your hand and and have a look at it and play with it, it's it's actually an engineering marvel that they've managed to produce something with so much screen estate and such small bezels yeah um it is the best looking phone in the market now oh yeah oh yeah i mean that everybody's been commenting on how incredible that especially on the s8 uh, plus mm. beautiful large screen i mean it, it's a sight to behold i'm it is. quite envious i can't wait to have one in my hands 
Um, but like you said, it, it's an incredible feat uh, to have the glass wrapped around like that. And it's interesting that they uh, have gone for the wraparound screen only model or the edge-to-edge screen yes. on the S8. Yeah, indeed. Um, it's uh, so I've played with both sizes, and you know I, I am a, f- a fan of larger, larger sort of phones. Um, you know I'm currently using a, a Sony, which is a 5.2 inch screen. Uh, so I thought before the launch, you know, 6.2 inches that's going to be that's going to be too big. Um, but then I got it in my hand, and it felt right. It's amazing what the design can do. I guess yeah. you know it's and and I mean a few years ago we were all mocking uh, phablets and larger devices, yeah. but now we're in this point where we actually kind of embrace them. It feels and right. I can kind of see why because mm. you know now all of a sudden I mean with bandwidth improving like it did, we we both are fiber users. Yeah, um, having having a larger screen to do all your stuff with at home or or at any kind of you know at home or office at least. Mm. You want that real estate. You can now see why a bigger screen real estate, uh, not just for video, but just for interacting with anything online, mm. any cloud service you could use mm-hmm. from, your, from your device. This large screen really makes so much sense. Yeah, and we spend so much time typing on our devices and really interacting with them. It's, uh, it's, it's, mm. you know, it makes sense to have the bigger screen because you know, I find if I go and use a, a, a small phone, I, I was using my wife's um, com- Sony Compact the other day and I was getting frustrated. You know, the screen is so tiny, yeah. trying to type on it and stuff. But, um, you know, it's uh, um, the 6.2 inch is not too big. Um, uh, it's the, you know, if I was going to get one of these, which I think I'm going to. Um, I wouldn't doubt that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get the 6.2. Um, and uh, it's not it's not too big. If you if you're used to a large Android phone, um, mm. then I, I wouldn't hesitate recommending that size. Uh, that said, the 5.8 inch model is beautiful too. And for someone who's stepping up uh, from a smaller sized uh, phone, um, they'll find it uh, plenty roomy. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> very roomy. Yeah, <laughs> lots of room for activities. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. The price though uh, is a little on the high side. It's um, competing with the iPhone. Uh, oh, yeah. Comparable with the iPhone, we're looking at fifteen thousand five hundred rand for the five point eight inch model, and seventeen thousand five hundred rand for the S eight plus. That's a really good notebook, right there. That that that's a good notebook. Yeah, those those are those are steep prices. They come with sixty four gig of RAM standard, of storage rather, flash storage, um, which is the I think good choice sixty four gig standard. Yeah. Um, uh, there doesn't seem to be a higher a bigger version of that, but you can add. Um, you can add uh, SD cards, obviously, to expand cool. that. N- not ideal, but I think 64 gig is more than enough for most most people uh, today. Um, certainly, certainly on Android, if mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. streaming, you don't actually need to store a huge amount of media on your device. Exactly, but I mean, I've always liked uh, I've always liked the idea of ex- expandable storage. You know, yeah. putting a micro SD card and you can get a 256 gig card for yeah. very little these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem if your phone doesn't. Uh, Expand memory. You know, mm. if, if you don't have that, you you're locked in. Mm. One thing it does have, which I almost wanted to applaud when I saw it in a presentation, was it has a three and a half millimeter audio jack. <laughs> well, Did you stand up done. and clap. Well done, Samsung. Well played. Well played. Because uh, there was a lot of rumor uh, a few months ago that they were going to do away with the they were going to copy Apple and do away with the three point five millimeter audio jack. Mm. Uh, but they just obviously listened to sense, and uh, it's there. Yeah. Uh, so well yeah. done, Samsung. No, definitely. Uh, I still think that was a dumb decision by Apple. Um, uh, but you know, Apple is ruthless in removing ports on yeah, all of their yeah. devices. Well, they just want to control every in and output of a device, right? Mm. Pay a license if you want to get access to it. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so um, Samsung being Samsung, they're pretty aggressive in, in, in rolling this out globally. Uh, it'll be on sale in South Africa on the 5th of March, which is just two weeks after its availability in uh, mm. uh, key markets in Europe and North America. Uh, so here quite soon, if you're looking if you're looking forward to this device. Um, range of accessories available as well. Um, they, were, they demonstrated a, a whole lot of um, uh, covers and screen protectors and stuff at the launch as well. Uh, but um, wireless charging, it supports wireless charging. They're nice, going to have yes, that on sale. Yes. I think uh, one of the operators, I forget if it's whether it's MTN or Vodacom, I think it might be Vodacom, is going to be offering a wireless charger bundled with it uh, for the launch. I think if you order, if you pre-order it, uh, uh, so um, there's that option as well. Mm. Uh, the coolest thing for me, though, about this uh, new phone is uh, something called Samsung DeX. Uh, it's a, a dock. It's going to cost about two and a half thousand rand, so it's not cheap. Uh, but you you buy this dock and you put it on your desk. You connect it via HDMI to a monitor, 
and then you simply plug the S8 into the dock via the USB-C port. So it connects firmly, snugly with this little dock, uh, charges it at the same time, but it also then the phone then becomes a PC that powers an Android desktop. That's very cool. Uh, it's not. It's not the first time we've seen this. Uh, mm. Windows, uh, the Nokia nine fifty, Lumia yes, nine fifty, yes. did this, so you could run Windows uh, on your desktop if you plugged it into a special dock. Um, but it's the first time we've seen Samsung doing this. Um, it probably has lim- limitations in bec- because of the fact that it's Android. You're running an Android desktop uh, rather than Windows. Uh, I did ask whether there was going to be a possibility of shoehorning Windows onto the onto the S eight in addition to Android. Um, the suggestions seem to be that no, that's not going to be possible. Although um, hackers will probably figure out a way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, of course, it is running a proprietary processor um, from Samsung in the international version. The oh. US version and Chinese version will be running the Snapdragon 835 processor. Uh, we're getting a, a Samsung design processor. I forget what it's called. Um, it begins with a K, uh, and it, um, that's a, a 10 nanometer uh, chip. Uh, and 64-bit chip as before, uh, and um, it's uh, it's um, so I'm not sure if that chip will run Windows. Sorry. Uh, well, they can run it in virtualization environment. I'm sure. Exactly, then, you can. Uh, it doesn't really matter, right? You can, and uh, in fact, uh, Samsung has partnered with Microsoft, Citrix, uh, Amazon uh, Web Services, and a bunch of other companies. Uh, to provide uh, virtualized uh, Windows instances that that will then be delivered to you. If you work in a corporate environment, it could be delivered via a a server hosted within the environment, or it could simply be delivered over the internet. So, you know, in in this era of fiber connectivity, you can run a Windows on your desktop streamed to you. Uh, So you can plug your phone in, fire up a Citrix instance Mm -hmm. that might be located in the Amazon cloud or the Microsoft Azure, Azure cloud, and then you could stream Windows to uh, to your Samsung phone and yeah, have a virtualized yeah. desktop in front of you. That'd be very very cool. Mm-hmm. And this is this only supported by the the high end, the latest phones, the S8 or the S7? I think it's only available on the S8 for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll bring it to older phones at the stage. The probably uh, not. I wouldn't. Probably imagine not. A, yeah. I don't think so. Especially since this is the first high-end Samsung phone with the USB-C, mm. uh, and the dock is USB-C. So you'd, if you're going to connect an older Samsung phone to it, you'd need some sort of um, some sort of port or something to to. Sure, play. Sure. It might get a bit ugly. Um, they might bring backward compatibility, but my guess is they won't. Yeah, I don't think. I would, there probably wouldn't be a need for that. Mm. But, but the, the little dock looks very nice. The dock is nice. Slot, yeah. Slot the phone in. Yeah, it's got two USB ports on it, uh, if I recall correctly. It also supports Bluetooth, so you don't have to use up those USB ports connecting keyboard and mouse. Nice. Uh, so you can keep the USB ports free for external storage, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so Samsung has also developed a, an, a DeX app that runs on the S8, it ships with the S8. So when you plug it in, you're not getting a phone experience on a big screen monitor on your desk. You're getting a desktop experience. So mm. it takes the Android software and formats it for desktop. And of course, now you have the Microsoft Office Suite available for Android, so you can oh, yeah. run Outlook and PowerPoint and Word. I'm sure they might not be as powerful as the Windows versions, but um, you can do basic uh, editing of doc files, PowerPoint files, etc., yeah, yeah. on your Samsung connected to a monitor. It's a nice solution. I can. Uh, I think, yeah, especially if you look at the, uh, the the prevalence of smartphones. I mean, if you mm. need to justify seventeen thousand rand, but you could probably use it as a desktop computer at home. Mm. You know, obviously within limitation, it's a you can it's a good it's a good product for the for that kind of thing. Justification, I think. Indeed, indeed. Um, I, w- I was chatting to one of Samsung's South African uh, executives, uh, Paulo Ferreira, uh, after the launch, and uh, he said he was a bit a bit amazed at how much interest there was was in Dex because uh, there was a huge crowd of journalists around the the Dex workstation, uh, people poking around, looking behind the monitor, see how it all works. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he didn't think that was going to be a, a big area of interest, but uh, certainly the tech journals were interested mm. in it. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to translate into broader consumer interest, but you know, in many instances. Um, you know, especially in the South African context, uh, it's not not so much in, in in developed markets like the US, but certainly in the South African context, many people don't have a, have a home computer. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to invest in a, a smartphone, and and people do spend a lot of money on smartphones in this country, um, it may, it may be a cheaper way of getting a desktop solution in your home mm. because mm. you can you can buy a monitor 
relatively cheaply, a couple of thousand rand for a, for a re- relatively good entry-level monitor. Yeah. Uh, get the, the Samsung DeX device for two and a half thousand rand. It's a bit pricey. But together, you're maybe spending 4,000 Rand and you've got a desktop solution at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't buy a desktop for 4,000 Rand, not, certainly not no, one that's no. so any, any, in any way decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I can also see bundles happening with this type of product. You know, go for a contract, sign up for a contract, and you probably get the, the dock and a screen or something like that. That makes a lot of sense to you. I'm sure the operators um, will look at bundling like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What also piqued my interest was that Gear 360 camera. Now, you know, mm-hmm. I've been playing with 360 videograph- videos and photographs, and that at, what did they say, about three grand or so, I believe? I don't remember the price for that, I'm afraid, but um, I'd imagine it's in that sort of ballpark, yeah. That's pretty good. Now, and for, at 4K, I mean, that. That could yeah. really make a 360, you know, come to the mainstream. It did, yeah. At the moment, the rig that I've got is 60 grand. It's not really consumer friendly. <laughs> no, no. And I'll probably use something like this a lot more because yeah. it's it's easy it's to nice. use. It's handheld. It's got a handheld yeah, grip exactly. on it now. Uh, and uh, they during the, the launch demo, they had someone standing on top of a building. I think it was in New York, um, and uh, they did a live uh, yes. feed. I think it was through Facebook. Facebook now supports uh, live streaming. Yeah, it yeah. does. So with 360, I think for this mm. product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that was cool as well. Um, they also introduced a little Bluetooth remote for uh, Gear VR, mm-hmm. uh, their their headset, virtual, virtual reality headset. Uh, I'm not quite sure why you'd use that, but it's there. It'll there be to go. interact with the world. So you know, pointing mm. at somebody shooting if there's a game, you know, it, it will I be suppose. your, your mm. joystick. Mm. Yeah. So all in all, I thought a, a very good um, announcement, and uh, I suppose they they had to do it because uh, after the Samsung Galaxy Note Seven does a debacle last year mm. with the exploding batteries, they really had to pull the rabbit out of the hat. Uh, on the battery front, the the batteries are three thousand milliamp hours for the S eight and three and a half thousand milliamp hours for the um, S eight plus. So uh, sounds about average, but they mm. claim that the new processors deliver twenty percent uh, better battery performance. So they may end up being a bit better than the S seven and S seven Edge. Mm. Um, but certainly, they didn't shoehorn a massive battery into these things like they tried to do. You know what happens when they do that? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in fact, they did spend a bit of the presentation talking about how they 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 tested the solution um, thoroughly to mm-hmm. make sure they weren't going to it wasn't going to be a repeat of the Note Seven <laughs> debacle. <laughs> Uh, so, I'm sure some engineers were nervous when they demoed that device. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fairly confident that if you buy this device, you're not going to have uh, a fire issue with it, um, because I think they will have tested this um, device in their labs more than they've oh, yeah. tested any other product before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a good phone. It's um, it sets the benchmark in high end smartphones, and it's now up to Apple to respond. And that's coming soon, right? Well, September. September, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I think Apple will have sat up and take no- taken notice. Already the rumors are that Samsung, that Apple is going to be doing something quite similar, a curved screen smartphone doing away with the home button, um, much smaller bezels. So mm. they are clearly heading in that direction yeah. as well. In fact, the rumor is that Samsung is going to make screens for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, I, I've got no doubt that the, the next iPhone is going to be an impressive looking product as well. But uh, they do have their work cut out for them just keeping up now. Yeah. And look, I mean, the rumors around the VR AR capabilities of the new iPhone is also could potentially set the bench much higher. Mm. Um, even though with the S8, you can obviously use the Gear headset, which mm. I think is a great solution for the technology for this virtual reality, augmented reality world we're going to be moving into. Um, it makes a lot of sense to have that, but it's going to be interesting to see what Apple responds to. You know, Do they have on-device capabilities um, or do they also go for like an accessory type? I don't see them doing that. I think they're going to have everything on the device. Possibly. Uh, the... What we know from, I mean, the rumors are certainly, the speculation is certainly suggesting that they're going to be making a big push into augmented reality AR rather than into VR. Yes. Um, I've read reports, I think it might have been on Wired.com or, uh, it was on one of the American tech news websites um, claiming that they had access to inside information suggesting that uh, that uh, there may be some sort of device on the way. So, uh, interesting. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. I'm but, really looking forward to that technology. I think it is going to change the way we interact with the internet mm, as a whole. Mm, it will. It will. Uh, Microsoft, of course, is also um, oh, yes. is a leader. The HoloLens, HoloLens. is phenomenal. Um, I was chatting to someone actually at the launch, another journalist who who uh, managed to get a, their hands on uh, the HoloLens, and he couldn't stop raving about it. He said it's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully the HoloLens comes to South Africa in the not-too-distant future as well. 
And of course, the HoloLens um, reference design is being made available to uh, the manufacturers. Mm. So it's not just going to be Microsoft making it, but uh, the, whole, the whole PC industry is going to be making HoloLens type devices. Imagine the games that's going to be spawned off the back of this. Uh, yeah. It's very exciting stuff. Indeed. So that's the Samsung Galaxy S8, and it will be on sale in South Africa next month. Um, uh, and uh, by all accounts, it's going to do very well. Um, three colors, by the way, have been arranged here. Uh, there are five colors in total. We're getting black, gray, and gold, I think it is. Oh, nice. Very trendy. Yeah. Um, there, are some, there are two other colors available. I forget what they are. Um, but they were a little more, probably a little bit uh, too, uh, what's the word? Um, too out there for our, uh, <laughs> for our market for our, for our operators uh, who make the buying decisions um, yeah, i remember my days working with uh, one of the other cell phone brands um color coloring the color of the device is such a hot contested topic always mm. because you know will you sell that color will you be able to move enough of those mm. you know picking the picking the right color skew for a for a region isn't uh, the easiest thing in the world mm. it fails it fails miserably no indeed indeed Anyway, we were talking about podcasting earlier and um, the chat I had with uh, CellC CEO Jose Dos Santos, and um, he made a very interesting remark about mobile termination rates. Uh, we haven't spoken about MTRs for quite some time. It used to be uh, just about all we spoke about on this podcast at one point. <laughs> but uh, ICASA, the communications regulator, is looking at MTRs again. Uh, they need to come up with a new re regulatory framework before the end of September when the current regulatory framework expires. Uh, mobile termination rates are currently sitting at 13 cents a minute uh, with asymmetry for smaller operators sitting at 19 cents. Uh, that, that's come down dramatically over the last six or seven years when I mean, they were sitting at um, 1 rand 25 a minute, so mm. massive reduction. Uh, and um, so I, we were talking about uh, mobile termination rates and uh, Jose de Santos made a very interesting comment, I thought. Uh, he did preface it saying that um, he's going to be criticized for it. <laughs> but he said that um, he believes that mobile termination rates should fall to zero. Um, I don't know how many markets around the world have actually tried that. Uh, he did say there have been a few and he did suggest that they've been very successful. Um, but there is a cost in termination. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the, there is a reason a termination rate is there. It's because there's an underlying cost in terminating a call. Um, but Jose is suggesting that uh, that uh, cost of terminating a call has fallen so far that it may as well be zero. And also, I mean, can't you argue that uh, if you look at the, the datification of our voice calls, mm. you know, where does the termination rate fall in with uh, the data that such a call takes? You know what I'm saying? Does it terminate the termination rate? Does it have anything to do with the, the data being used for that call? No, no, it doesn't. So there's no there's no termination rate set by the regulator for data. Okay. So if you make a WhatsApp call or a Skype yeah, call yeah, yeah. using your data connection, there's no termination unless it breaks out onto Into, uh, a network. So if you place a what if you and I make a WhatsApp call to each other now, there's no termination yes. rate involved. We just you using some data. I'm using some data for that call. Uh, when uh, you break out that WhatsApp call to a, I don't even know if you can make a breakout of WhatsApp call, but let's let's use Skype as an example. Mm, mm. If you uh, phone, use your phone to, to call, use your data on your phone to call uh, a mobile number, for example, uh, a termination fee then applies. Microsoft, which owns Skype, then pays that termination fee to Vodacom or to MTN, whoever uh, you're calling, just to get access to that network. To get access yeah, to that yeah. network, and that's currently set at 13 cents per minute by the regulator. Uh, now, uh, Jose is saying that should be zero, um, which I'm sure the other operators won't agree. Yeah, they're not going to be too happy about that <laughs> suggestion, especially for international termination. Because you can imagine the uh, the field day that uh, the so-called over-the-top players, uh, the Skype yeah, etc., yeah, will have yeah. with zero termination. Um, I, I don't know if it's practical, but uh, it's an interesting proposal, and I'm sure it's going to be debated during the public hearings on on the subject when ICASA eventually holds them. Um, Jose also saying that there should be continued asymmetry in the market to benefit benefit smaller players. I'm sure he call, includes Celsius in that mm, category, yeah. uh, or will certainly argue that at Icasa. Um, so uh, he's suggesting that um, the, although the term, base termination rate be zero, uh, if there's a smaller player involved, uh, if Vodacom, for example, is terminating a call on that smaller player, on that new player in the market, that Vodacom pays a small price per minute terminate to terminate on that smaller network but when that smaller network places terminates a call on Vodacom there's no flow of money mm, mm. Um, I don't think Celsius position on this will prevail um, I think we will still have a termination rate but I suspect it's still it is going to trend downward perhaps towards the 10 cent level 
Time for an ad break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fibre to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fibre. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to Talk Central. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? So, Lonnie Prinsler, uh, who is uh, the tech journalist at Bloomberg, running an interesting story which we picked up this week on Telcom. Uh, she said that uh, Telcom plans to, and I'm reading here, break out its telecommunications towers and real estate assets into a separate unit that may then be listed on a stock market. Um, interesting move by Telcom. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting in that, uh, uh, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but Telcom probably has the most extensive, um, maybe the mobile, op- maybe the two big mobile operators are closing in on it. But uh, as far as I know, Telcom still has by far the most extensive uh, tower infrastructure in South Africa mm. in terms of portfolio. They've got um, telephone exchanges, they've got m- mobile high sites, they've got high sites all over this country, and property all over this country. Um, uh, I seem to recall seeing a figure that they have something like 20 or 25,000 high sites around the country. Um, I'm not sure what Vodacom and MTN have, but I don't think it's near that number. Uh, I think they're sitting maybe 10,000, maybe less. All the exchanges... Those properties, all the smallest towns, exactly, exactly. So it's a valuable asset that um, that someone could take advantage of. Uh, advantage of, I'm sure, a company like American Tower Corporation, which bought CLC's passive base station infrastructure, would like access to or other passive infrastructure mm. operators uh, like that. Um, uh, especially as we uh, the market sort of opens up, um, and we've got a new open access network coming, uh, assuming the white paper um, is gazetted. Um, you know, you're going to need high, this open access a wholesale network is going to need high sites, and uh, maybe this is one way of doing that. But probably a very clever move by Sipo Maseko, the telecom mm. CEO, to look to potentially hiving off this asset. Um, the share price reacted quite positively to it. In fact, I think the telecom share price hit fresh multi year highs just this week on the back of uh, the news that they may be considering doing this. Um, Loney in her story saying the new entity would be run by a new property-focused management team charged with generating extra revenue for Africa's biggest landline provider, said the people who asked not to be identified uh, because the plans are private. Um, The move extends a turnaround strategy at the former mobile monopoly under Maseko has cut costs and helped to engineer a near quadrupling of the stock price in his four years at the helm. Um, Interesting move, I think. Uh, Yeah, definitely. um, and unlocking value for shareholders. Mm, yeah, for sure, for sure. Good business move. So I'm, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure they're, they're, they're thinking along those lines. Uh, Telcom's year end is, in fact, today, the 31st of March. So I think we're about six weeks away from seeing their annual results. Um, and so maybe we'll get some more color on that at the results, maybe even an announcement about what they plan to do. Switching uh, or moving across to uh, Rudaport side of town uh, and uh, MTN uh, this week publishing its annual report. And uh, its um, executive management, management team certainly do get well remunerated. Uh, despite uh, sell, um, MTN reporting a uh, the first loss, I think in its history, of certainly its first loss in more than 20 years, Hmm. Um, a couple of weeks back uh, on the back of uh, what uh, has been described as their the worst year in their uh, worst operating performance in their history hmm. uh, they um, have uh, revealed that their uh, chairman uh, executive interim executive chairman in effect acting CEO Petuma Ntleko uh, who took over from Safisa de Bengua uh, who left um towards the end of 2015, that he was paid in a total uh, consideration of 72.2 million rand in oh. the 12 months to the end of 2016. That's where our termination ratio goes. <laughs> that, uh, that is a lot of money. Um, That's incredible. Is he worth it? 
Uh, I think shareholders need to make up their minds about that. Um, uh, he managed um, through, uh, uh, I mean, he ultimately must take responsibility for reducing the fine in Nigeria from the initial $5 billion down to $1 billion. Um, so maybe shareholders will argue on that basis alone mm, he's worth mm. 72 million rand. I mean, in dollar terms, it's about $5 million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, you could argue, saved the company $4 billion. Um, so maybe $5 million is, um, is, is small, small fry mm, in comparison yeah. <laughs> to, to the savings he's brought to the business. But um, certainly in terms of South African executive pay, it is a large number. Uh, he had a base salary of 30 million rand. Uh, he was paid um, a bonus of 38 million rand. Sure. Uh, and then he was also paid for his, his services as uh, chairman of, uh, of the group. So he was simultaneously holding the role of non-executive chairman while he was acting as CEO. Uh, he's now stepped down as CEO with uh, uh, Rob Shooter uh, coming on board uh, earlier this month uh, from Vodafone. Uh, and he will step down completely from MTN by the end of next year. So he'll no longer be involved in the group. Uh, but um, certainly um, MTN pays its executives um, generously. Also disclosing that Safisa Dabengo was paid 20 million rand to, to go away. Uh, after the Nigerian fine was imposed. Hmm. Um, so a nice golden handshake there as well. Um, but go and have a look at the story on Tech Central. We provide the details of, the, of all the executives there, that certainly that have been disclosed in the annual report, and their earnings. Uh, a couple of interesting ones. Stephen Van Koller, former head of uh, the, the Commercial Investment Bank, Corporate Investment Bank, sorry, at, at Barclays Africa Group, uh, joined them as head of strategy and mergers and acquisitions mm -hmm. late last year. Uh, he was paid a sign-on bonus, I think, of 13 million, if I remember correctly, and that was in lieu of bonuses he would have he forfeited it uh, by uh, leaving Barclays Africa Group. So, uh, nice sign-on bonus, um, but he would have earned that at Barclays Africa if he'd met his uh, targets as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure these guys can afford to buy lots of Galaxy S8. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. And a last bit of snippet of news really caught my attention this week, Rechot, was uh, that uh, Nuspers. Do you own shares in Nuspers? No, I don't. I wish I, I, <laughs> I, wish I, I wish did. I did, yeah. Anyway, they now own an effective 1.7% in Elon Musk's Tesla. That's awesome. Awesome uh, news. This is by virtue of the fact that uh, Tencent, in which Nuspers holds a 34% stake, Tencent, of course, is this gigantic internet company in China. Uh, Tencent has acquired 5% of Tesla um, and uh, provided, I think, uh, I forget what the investment was. It was a multi-billion dollar investment. Mm. Uh, but in effect, Nuspert now holds a 1.7% stake in Tesla worth around about 10 billion rand. Oh. In fact, it's probably gone up a bit since uh, Zuma's cabinet <laughs> reshuffle yesterday. Um, but uh, quite remarkable that here is a South African-born company uh, which uh, now owns a meaningful minority stake in a company started by a South African-born CEO. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, quite a nice story. Um, uh, but Tencent, uh, the story of the, um, the continued success um, story around uh, Nuspat is that Tencent investment. It yeah. was a brilliant investment. Uh, originally managed, uh, done by Antony Roo, who passed away a few years ago. I don't know if you remember Antony Roo, he used to be the CEO of Mweb. Oh yes, um, and yes. then he was put in charge of uh, of um, their internet global internet expansion, uh, and uh, together with Chris Becker, of course, they uh, led that investment into into Tencent. I forget what the original investment was, but it was tiny compared to the investment to the, in terms of monetary investment. Tiny compared to the uh, what it's worth now. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Oh, there's a signing bonus uh, that's worth being awarded. <laughs> yes. That's for sure. Indeed. Uh, so there we go. I wonder if uh, Chris Becker has uh, ordered his uh, uh, Tesla. Tesla, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's in the <laughs> in the outbox. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's our news this week. Uh, let's move on to our um, regular features. And uh, our winner this week is Samsung uh, oh, for yes. the S8. Oh, yes. uh, Cannot wait to see pick. that device. Um, we're getting a review unit soon, so uh, we'll hopefully have one by the time we record the podcast next oh, week. Fantastic. So you can get a chance fantastic. to play with, play around with it as well, Rechot. Um, and our loser this week, I've chosen our two losers this week, actually. One we just can't ignore, and that's our president. 
um, for all the reasons we uh, explained, I think, at the beginning of this podcast. Um, but I, I've chosen a joint winner, um, or joint loser this week, rather, uh, along with Zuma, and that is the 24-hour news channel broadcast on, T- on uh, channel 405 called ANN7, which is owned by the Guptas. And I've been watching quite a bit of it this week, um, just because they've been—they appear to be having some insight into the looming cabinet mm-hmm. reshuffle. Perhaps not surprisingly, um, but it is absolutely atrocious. Um, I would be ashamed to call myself a journalist and work for that uh, channel. Yeah. Uh, they, the so-called analysts they've had on this week, trashing the finance minister, the former, now former finance minister. Uh, the the headlines they run scroll, scroll across their screen. Uh, um, I mean, there's no there's no not even a pretense on this channel anymore of mm, objectivity. Yeah. Um, it's not an it, it's not a channel of objective news. It is a propaganda platform for the Guptas, and uh, it is uh, it's an embarrassment actually. It um, is. And um, uh, I. I uh, while I do have some sympathy for the for the people who work there, um, I, I I wouldn't want my name associated with it if I was a journalist. Mm. And um, their performance this week around the whole cabinet reshuffle and their their their, their um, uh, one-sided attacking of uh, of the finance minister and um, anyone who is basically criticizing Zuma um, is um, is atrocious. And uh, they're yeah. our, they're our loser of the week along with the president. Um, I, I do wonder why MultiChoice carries that channel. Actually, uh, uh, you know, I know that MultiChoice pays ENCA to be on uh, DSTV. Mm. Um, they mm. get the, I don't know what this, the new contract, which they recently signed with ENCA, says, but certainly in the past they they paid a generous amount of money every year to ENCA to produce that channel to run on the DSTV platform. I, I'd really wouldn't like to find out uh, that MultiChoice is paying the Guptas to run ANN Seven. Um, I have a feeling that they're not, that uh, the Guptas are paying for their channel to be yeah, on multi-choice. Probably. Um, but um, yeah, no, I don't know, maybe it's time someone started to ask some uncomfortable questions of multi-choice about uh, why this channel um, is on their platform. Um, because it is, it is not uh, journalism, it's propaganda. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do we want, does multi-choice <sighs> want to be associated with... Uh, with such propaganda, maybe it's maybe a political journalist needs to ask a few um, hard questions. hard questions of multi-choice about uh, ANN7's uh, continued uh, existence on their platform. Um, Rechard, what's your pick this week? So I'm actually picking you. You you're quite the the fan of picking audio podcasts or audio books. So I yeah. thought I would follow uh, follow in your footsteps. But I've actually uh, come across um, a great series of podcasts, um, and it is um, it's called alibi.org.za. Um, and there's a series of episodes that was broadcast um, on SAFM on Sundays on SAFM. Oh, yeah. and you can actually listen to. Um, I'm not sure if it's still running, but you can listen to a whole bunch of them. Oh, it is still running, sorry. And you can listen to every, every one of them that's been broadcast so far um, on YouTube or on SoundCloud. And the links are th- uh, on the website. Now, what this is, um, essentially, it's a podcast series that goes into single criminal cases. So each podcast episode looks at a case, um, talks about the case, what happened, and kind of the subsequent um, outcome of that case. And it is incredibly fascinating. It's very well put together. Um it's produced by uh, Paul McNally um, mm-hmm. from the Wits Justice Project um, and with the Wits Radio Academy um, as part of Citizen Justice Network. Um, and it really goes through, you really get an insight into these criminal cases. Um, apart from the beautifully produced audio on this, um, it really feels like you're getting entrenched into you know, what, they, what they're trying to tell you um, in terms of these cases and, and why the outcome was what it was. Mm. Um, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, well worth a listen to. It's something that you can pop into your car if you're driving to work. Um, they're about 25 minutes to 30 minutes each. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm still listening to the last two, but uh, well worth checking out. And uh, obviously, um, yeah, you can get the link on alibi.org.za. Uh, 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 that sounds great. I'll definitely have a listen to that. I, um, the, you know, there used to be a culture in this country of creating great radio, great... Um, um, yes. At, uh, what do, you, what do you call it? Almost um, radio, radio stories, radio radio productions. Yeah, um, but, but before my time, but um, you know, Springbok Radio back in the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties used to produce a huge amount mm. of radio dramas. That's mm. the word I was mm. looking for. Radio dramas, yeah. Uh, and um, it just went away. Uh, and uh, I, I'm 
quite excited to see that there's you know there's some interest in the sort of thing and it's being done now through the medium of podcasts yeah definitely, definitely. Uh, i would love to see more of this mm, um, me too yeah i'll definitely look some keep an eye on this and then see if, if anything else comes from this Fantastic. I'm not going to spend much time on my pick this week because we've already spoken in a great deal of detail, but uh, my pick this week is definitely the Samsung DeX yeah. uh, yeah. dock that goes with the Samsung Galaxy S8, which allows you to turn your phone into a computer. Um, I look forward to playing with it more because it really oh, yeah. does look like oh, a cool yeah. solution. Uh, so that's my pick this week. And that, uh, apart from our quiz results, is our show. So let's, uh, let's get to the, that quiz. Um, let me kick off with the first one. Uh, our first question this week in our quiz was, Cell C this week proposed cutting mobile termination rates to what price per minute? And the answer to that, as we discussed during the podcast, is zero. The second question, Nuspers affiliate Tencent has acquired a what percentage stake in Elon Musk's Tesla? The answer there is 5%. Samsung's new Galaxy S8 comes in two screen sizes. How big are they? And for a bonus point, how much will they cost in South Africa? We were looking for the recommended retail price. And the sizes are 5.8 inches and 6.2 inches, and they're not as big as you think. Hmm. And 15,499 Rand for the small one and 17,499 Rand for the big one. Yeah, still a lot of money on this pocket on device. Phone, so. It is, it is. Although having said that my iPhone is... 15 grand yeah, worth of device, yeah. right? So, the fourth question Faith Mutambi was this week moved to the Public Service and Administration Ministry. Who was taken over her portfolio at Communications? The answer Ayanda Dlodlo, formerly Deputy Minister of Public Service and Administration. And our last question this week, international uh, question Carmaker Ford has hired 400 workers from which technology company? Interesting story Blackberry. Oh, yes, that's mm. interesting. I wonder, wonder what we're going to see coming from them. Indeed. Ford, Ford almost seems to be transforming itself into a tech company rather than an automotive company. Oh, yeah. They definitely are one of the leaders in, that, in, the, in the car kind of technology sphere. Definitely. Well, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, we'll be back again next week, hopefully with less politics to talk about. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, I, I suspect it's going to be a weekend of politics ahead. So brace yourself. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback on the show, we do love to hear from you. And thanks for bringing lots of emails. Uh, our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like. It's your show after all. From Rechard and myself, till next time, take care. Ciao, ciao.